Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of The Small Reset. Every week, we dive into the world of personal growth, holistic success, and how to build a life of abundance and fulfillment. My name is Ingo Schulmeier, and we invite every week an interesting guest who shares with us their inspiring story. Today, we are more than glad to welcome Tracy Blashcourt. Hi, Tracy. Thanks for being here. Hi. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So let me give you a quick introduction. Tracy is a certified life coach and the founder of Selfmade You. After 20 years of industry experience as an executive, she decided to follow her passion and became an entrepreneur and life coach. She helps men and women to learn how to think to achieve their goals and overcome the obstacles in their lives. She spent a lot of time and money on one-size-fits-all solutions with the intention to solve her problems until she realized that this approach doesn't work. From there, she started creating her own solution by focusing on and starting with herself. And this finally led to the success she was looking for. And now she helps other people to achieve the same. So let's just jump into the discussion. Um, and I think, yeah, it's important, this topic with the one-size-fits-all solution. So Tracy, why do you think so many of us looking for, for the standard solution and, and why is it that's so seductive. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I think it's fear. I think a lot of people feel like they're missing something or that maybe they're inherently broken and, you know, there's some sort of gap that needs to be filled. And I, the only part of that that I would agree with is that most people have not ever been taught how to think. A lot of us have had a formal educational experience where we've been taught what to think. But when it comes to the neuroscience, you know, the science of your own brain, you've never been taught of, you know, the way it works and how it actually offers you a lot of fear-based thoughts and keeps you from moving forward in a sustainable way or at least in an enjoy in an enjoyable way. And so um, I think that people are very bought in on this. I'm doing it wrong. Somebody else is doing it better. I think social media contributes mm -hmm. to that. I think, you know, mass media contributes to that, that there's always, you know, something out there that we should be chasing that's a more optimized way of living. And ultimately, it keeps you believing that you're not the solution, that there is something that you're mm -hmm. missing. And I like to teach people how to rely on themselves, how to trust themselves so that they aren't looking for support or looking for these, you know, resources from a place of confusion or from a place of lack. It's fine to hire, you know, support or resources or, you know, seek them out. But I want you to be doing that from a place of curiosity, from mm. a place of empathy, from a place of discovery. Mm. Those are two different ways of going about, you know, gaining support or finding helpful resources. And they end in very different ways. So we want people to learn how to trust themselves mm. and not 
think that they're inherently broken or that they're the common denominator to all of their problems. Mm. They're actually the solution to okay. all of their problems and their goals. Okay. So, so when you're talking about fear, do you think it's also the fear of, of the unknown, like of going somewhere where nobody had been before? Uh, and, and, and they rather like to, to follow like a predefined way because they see, okay, somebody else did it in this and that way. And so I should be able to do it also in this way. Is this also like a motivation? Absolutely. I think that's definitely one fear that people have. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, there is this hypervigilant, you know, narrative that we all hear that creates kind of this intense anxiety about all of the potential dangers and all the things that could go wrong. And that narrative seems like it never rests. And so knowing that that is a very common, almost universal narrative that we all hear. And I don't expect people to be able to mute that narrative. I just want people to recognize when they're hearing that narrative so that they don't react from it. Mm. And so that instead they respond. So this constant feeling like, you know, something bad is about to happen, even when you're in really safe situations is very normal. But we don't want people reacting from that. We want them to just normalize it and allow it to be there and to have empathy for their humanity, because that is how the human brain works, especially when you're triggered by new circumstances. Um, and then you can move forward and find the right kind of support and you can find what the next best step is. And you do that with a sense of confidence. Okay. So, so why would you say these solutions, these one size fits all solution don't work for most of the people? Or maybe also, in, especially from your experience, why didn't they work for you? Yeah, I think that we are all very, you know, we're very biologically unique. So we have like a self-made mind and body program that a lot of people come to to lose weight. And the protocol from which people are going to operate through the, you know, the 10 week program looks different based on what it is that they decide they want. So our, when we talk about our framework, the very first step is starting with the decision. What mm. is it that you want and why do you want that? I think everybody's going to answer that question in their own unique way, which will inform the next steps. So there isn't really a one size fits all. And if you can really start to wrap your head around how your journey is going to look different than the next person's journey, purely based on desires, then that kind of makes life more interesting and mm -hmm. more, you, you become more accepting and allowing for your uniqueness. And therefore the solution is going to look different. And that's a great thing. It's very customized mm -hmm. to your particular desires and desires come from kind of this sorting and sifting through life's circumstances. Often desires are created from recognizing what you don't want in life, right? So, mm -hmm. so many people think, oh my gosh, I can't believe I made that mistake. Well, that very mistake is what is now creating a, de a desire for you. So you can actually look at it as almost a gift or an opportunity. Um, 
And that's when you start having that perspective, you start actually operating from a part of your brain that most people don't operate from. And so that's the perspective that we really work on building um, so that you avoid operating by default from the primitive fear-based brain and instead start operating from what I like to call it your prodigy brain, which is technically your prefrontal cortex. Mm. Great. Yeah, I think that's a very important point, and I think you're absolutely right. Um, I just would like to add to that. I think it's um, you're right when you're saying we're all different. We all have our individual needs and wants and our, uh, have our individual feelings. I think the other point that comes to that is also that that the environment is always different, right? It's a, it's the external circumstances are always different. So even if a solution worked for me, whatever, five years ago, it doesn't mean that it works today, right? So we always need to go the, the new way. So if if you try to adapt the solution from somebody that, and it, and it worked for this person, whatever, three years ago, uh, and, and he maybe lost weight or he he, he achieved something that, that he, he or she wanted to achieve. So all these factors and all these uh, variables are different today. So it's uh, you still need to go and out and find your own solution. Right. So, right. Yeah. So, 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 how does an individual solution have to look like, in your opinion, and and what are the critical components to 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 change yeah. your life? So, I think the solution again is learning how to rely on yourself, learning how to trust yourself. So, mm -hmm. that's something that you know it doesn't require anything outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. So, I feel like right there you've just simplified your solution. Mm -hmm. Now, how? And the question becomes, how do I rely and trust on myself, especially for those people who have never done that, right? And so we use a framework. We use the acronym SELF, S-E-L-F. So it becomes so easy to remember and so easy to apply no matter what circumstance you find yourself in. And I like to think of it as I'm always carrying around myself. I always can rely on myself. The more I utilize myself, I start to build more and more confidence. So the S stands for start with a decision. So think about how many like applications there are for that step. No matter where you find yourself, if you're in an argument with your spouse, if you are in a job where you feel like there's no room for growth, if you are really struggling with your circumstances around your health, um, start with a decision. What is it that you want and why? Okay, you have to not only ask yourself that question, you have to answer that question, okay? Yeah. So it's super important that you start with a decision. Ask yourself that question and answer it. Hmm. Secondly, sorry, can we just stick with this point? Because I, I think that's very important. And, and I like it that you, you're like an expert in uh, decision making. And I also think it's it, it's important. But still, there are many people out there. I mean, it sounds easy when you're saying that, right? Just make a decision. But for many people, they're struggling with making decisions, or at least sometimes yeah. or with certain decisions, right? So yeah. uh, wh why do we struggle sometimes with decision with making these decisions? And, and then also, to stick to them at least for, yeah. for a while. Yeah. So first, the reason why you struggle is because you don't trust yourself. 
right? Mm -hmm. You think that you are either incapable of making the right decision, you're not informed enough to make the right decision, you've never had to make this kind of decision before. So there's a there's a lack of trust, right? The only way we're going to start to build trust is to actually create some evidence for it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying that the decision has to be this revolutionary monumental decision. It can be a small decision, but just, you know, actually engaging in the act of making a decision gives you the Mm. power instead of relinquishing the power to somebody else to make the decision for you, you make a decision. Now, a lot of people will say, I don't have any idea what I want. Like I hear that all the time in the context Mm. of a relationship, in the context of their professional, um, advancement in the context of their health and wellness. I don't know what I want. And that's great because then I can go to the place of, well, let's talk about what you don't want. Let's talk about the experiences that you've had that have brought you to this place of not trusting yourself. What is it that you don't want? Let's talk about that. And I'll just be really honest with you. This takes some courage. It really does. It takes courage to be able to look at what it is that you don't want to go back and look at the experiences that you might consider, quote unquote, a fail. But when you have the courage to do that, you start to build capacity and the ability to do that again and again for yourself. Mm -hmm. There's really nothing to fear. Like what you are fearing is an emotion. We're all meant to feel emotions. They're not anything that should stunt our growth. We are human beings built to feel emotions, but so many people believe they should never be sad. They should never be confused. They should never be bored. And so what do they do? They go and buffer, they go and numb those Hmm. feelings when in reality, we're meant to feel them. And when you believe that you're not, it creates net negative results, very destructive results in some situations. So the you have to be willing you have to have a bit of courage to actually ask yourself like okay i might not know what it is that i want but i'm willing to decide what it is that i don't want and that can inform Mm -hmm. what it is that you do want and why it's going to allow you to answer those questions yeah and and i think there, there are two points that you mentioned that are really important so one is i mean if we make this decision we don't have to stick with it forever right that's maybe taking away a little bit of the fear. I mean, if in three or six months I have more other information and, and maybe I can also take a different decision, but it's, it's still important to make them. And mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, the second thing is, um, yeah, I mean, get in action and, and make a decision because, yeah, it will bring you somewhere else and you will understand it. And we will never have all the information about the problem, right? So there will always be some some right. missing Outlier. parts yeah. and we, we still have to make a decision. I mean, even if we don't make a decision, we still make a decision, right? We, we make the decision to, to stay where we are and not to move. It's just like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. more like the, instead of uh, getting in motion and, and, yeah. and getting active, we, we, we're staying reactive, right? So we it's also a decision. Yeah. We just yeah. need to be, I, become aware of that. Yeah. I, you know, when I'm working with somebody, even in a consult, if I ask them a question or I ask them to fill out a form, you know, prior to the coaching session and they leave it blank, I know for sure that they left it blank because they are afraid 
of the answer. They're afraid of even looking mm -hmm. at the questions. They're afraid of going backwards and, you know, reimagining the failed attempt, right? And so, you know, if, when you know that the worst case scenario is fear, feeling fear, and you're just, you know, you're afraid of failing, maybe you're afraid of what could come, and it's just a fear of failing, you're actually going to fail ahead of time. Mm. You aren't even going to try. And that is the sad end to every story. It's when people are afraid to even try. If you can say, you know what, I'm going to make a decision. This doesn't have to be an earth shattering decision and it doesn't have to be a decision that actually applies tomorrow. I can change my mind because the worst that could come is I'm either going to, you know, learn something about my decision or I'm going to make progress towards what it is that I really want. Like, what's the worst case scenario? You've just right. now become more informed. And so it's a perspective shift. And that doesn't come easy. You have to grow that part. It's, it's almost like a muscle. You have to strengthen it. So becoming more aware of how it is you're feeling and why is a way that you can strengthen that part of your brain where you start to ask yourself, questions like what is it that I want and why mm. and recognize when fear is there and make the decision anyways. That's right. Yeah. Okay, good. So I interrupted you before when you wanted to go to the second yeah, step. So the next step is the E and that is eliminating the self-sabotage. So I had mentioned that hypervigilant narrative that we all hear at some point in time. There's really kind of 10 very universal saboteur narratives that, you know, having an awareness of and really normalizing will limit the risk of you sabotaging yourself. So mm -hmm. let's just say you've decided, step one, you've decided that you want to lose 10 pounds and you answer the question, why do I want to lose 10 pounds by with, you know, an answer that sounds like, well, I want to be able to fit into the clothes that I haven't been able to fit into. I want to be able to go out for a hike and actually finish it without being winded. I want to relieve the you know, inflammation in my joints. Okay, mm -hmm. great reasons that you like for making that decision. Guess what happens? Immediately, the saboteur narratives show up and start reminding you of all of the failed past attempts. Mm -hmm. Most people right there believe those narratives. They react to those narratives and they throw in the towel. Sometimes they'll keep going, but they're going from a feeling of doubt. They're moving forward, but they're, they're actually moving from a place of almost like grippiness or self-loathing. They kind mm. of self-loathe their way into what it is that they want, which does not make for a very enjoyable life. So... We want to just heighten our awareness around these very normal saboteur narratives, because when you're aware of them, the risk of it sabotaging you and sabotaging what it is that you want is really, really low. Mm. Once you know which narratives you're most prone to listening to, like for me, it's the hyperachiever narrative that makes me feel unworthy. It makes me... Um, 
really fear any sort of like vulnerability. I, I, I get very nervous about what people are going to think of me. I attach my outcomes to my self-worth. And even though hyperachiever sounds like a great narrative to hear, it's not, it's, it's crippling. Hmm. And so I have to be aware that, you know, that perfectionistic type narrative, if it's not perfect, I shouldn't do it. Um, I have to be aware of the fact that that's going to show up because you know, uh, most of the narratives, the saboteur narratives are birthed from some of your strengths. Mm. So I am a very driven, pragmatic, goal-oriented person. But when that's overused and abused, it shows up as this hyperachiever narrative. So I have to be aware of that. And when I'm aware of it, I'm less likely to react from it. I'm mm. more likely to respond and be like, is that even true? Or I could respond with just allowing it to be there. Those are both responses mm. versus reactions. So eliminating the self-sabotage. I'm Hear me when I say we're not eliminating the narratives. Those are going to be there. We're just eliminating the reaction to them so that we don't sabotage ourselves. L, the third step, is leveraging those prodigy brain strengths. So you have this three-pound organ that exists between your ears. If you were to cut it in half, the left side is your primitive brain. It's very fear-based. It's very dramatic. It's meant to keep you safe. It's a survival part of your brain. It keeps you breathing without having to think about it. But it also can sabotage us if we are operating by default from it. So we want to operate as much as we possibly can from our prefrontal cortex or what I like to call your prodigy brain because it is the more extraordinary part of your brain. You can actually respond. You can actually watch the thoughts that your primitive brain is offering you. It's mm -hmm. very, it, it's quite extraordinary. And so when you're operating from that part of your brain, you have access to empathy, empathy for yourself and your humanity, empathy for other people. You have access to discovery. You can start asking yourself, you know, what else might be going on that I'm not seeing? What are all the factors here? Mm -hmm. Think about that. When you're spinning out in fear, those thoughts are not available to you. But when you're operating with intention from your prodigy brain, you can start discovering what other factors are involved. It's almost like you take the, the blinders off and you can start seeing in the peripheral. You can be way more in, innovative and more creative. You can start taking action based on your values. Mm -hmm. So leveraging those prodigy brain strengths, you are inherently like operating from your prodigy brain when you have a heightened sense of awareness. So steps one and two, where you're being really intentional about what it is that you want and you have an awareness of the saboteur narratives, you are operating from your prodigy brain because you are being intentional and you have a heightened sense of awareness. So we want to leverage the fact that you're there and tap into empathy and discovery and innovation. And then lastly, finish with a decision. So this doesn't get any more simple because you need nothing outside of yourself. Step one and four are the exact same steps. <laughs> four is finished with a decision. So now the question to ask is, what is the next step I can take in this very moment that is so easy, it's hard not to do? Because when you ask yourself that question 
following those first three steps, it doesn't matter how small the step is. If you believe it's easy, you're way more likely to take that step. And if you continue to do that, those incremental steps start to compound and they're heading you in the direction of the decision that you made in step one. Mm -hmm. So again, you just kind of look at how can I utilize myself? How can I trust myself? S-E-L-F, every step, every moment of every day. And those incremental steps start to add up. And before you know it, you have gotten exactly where you wanted to be when you decided where it is that you want to be and why. So, so, so actually the, the last step is more actually not one decision, right? It's actually the decisions we make every day. Because if we decide to get in action every day and to become a little bit better every day, so it means we take a decision every day. And once we take uh, repeatedly the same decisions, it, they become our habits. And we should make sure that these are becoming positive habits, right? And not habits that we eventually yeah. don't want to have. So we, we that's why yeah. these decisions are important. Yeah. And make them small and easy, so yeah. easy that they're hard not to do. And, you know, the saboteur narratives will want you to believe yeah. that, you know, when it's easy, it's not going to work, right? It has to be hard. We hear that all the time. And you can prove that wrong mm -hmm. by just taking, you know, so step four is step four for a reason. It comes, it follows those first three steps. You've already decided what it is that you want. You've mm -hmm. eliminated the risk of sabotage. You're leveraging, which is critically important. You're actually operating from your prodigy brain. You can't help but be moving in the direction towards what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. Okay, good, good. Um, yeah, I like the process. Um, can you explain a little bit more about how, so, so when you're setting goals, how you make sure that they align with your values? I mean, you talked a lot about intuition now and yeah, we have a, a part of the brain that is very logical, but it's maybe not uh, not always <laughs> helpful in every, every uh, yeah. way, right? Yeah, yep. So navigating from your values doesn't have to be complicated. Mm -hmm. You can find a list of the most common personal values, peruse that list, find what resonates with you. And then when you find yourself at a crossroads, having to make a decision, mm -hmm. you go back to your values and allow those values to inform which direction mm -hmm. you go. So for mine, um, I value lifelong learning, inclusion, uh, quality, um, generosity. So if I'm at a crossroads with a decision, I always pull up my values and let those guide my direction. It's so incredibly helpful because, mm -hmm. you know, that's part of your character that's and right. you want to stay in integrity with yes. your character. So tapping into your values makes a lot of sense. And you can do that when you are operating from your prodigy brain and it mm -hmm. doesn't have to be complicated. Okay. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah, that's actually good advice. So um, is, there, is there anything that we need to do in terms of our mindset? Do we have to change something in our mindset or how can we develop such a, a mindset yeah. that is more, more towards growing ourselves? So that, that is such a good question. So a lot of times people are like, okay, well, I know I'm operating from my primitive brain. I'm riddled with fear. I feel like I'm completely paralyzed. I'm not moving forward. Life is you know, just Groundhog's Day, same thing, mm -hmm. you know, every day. 
And how can I start operating from my prodigy brain? Well, first off, I would say awareness, awareness, awareness. And then again, asking yourself questions, self-coaching, which is just our framework again, it's asking yourself, what is it that I want? Why do I want it? What is it that I don't want? Okay. So heightening your awareness, making decisions is always going to be the first and best step. Now, if you recognize that that primitive brain is on overdrive and maybe you're having physiological effects, maybe you're recognizing, oh my gosh, I'm completely being hijacked. Palms are sweaty. Eyes are dilated. Breathing is you know, challenging. What is it that I can do? I like any sort of mental fitness technique and there's hundreds of them out there. The ones my, that I uh, most frequently use are the ones that don't require me to have to excuse myself. So if I'm like on a podcast and I recognize, oh my gosh, my, my heart rate is like off the charts. I will use like a visual mental fit fitness technique where I really laser focus on one particular item on the podcast mm -hmm. and just laser focus, try to find all the nuances of what it is that I'm looking at now. Okay. What's that, what that is doing is that's making me intentional. Mm -hmm. It's taking my focus off of that limiting belief, that, that saboteur narrative. And it's really putting the focus onto a sense, right? Mm -hmm. One of my senses. So, so, so what you are you focusing right now? <laughs> <laughs> I am focusing on no, the curious. light bulb. The light bulb that's Add hanging. Bulb yep. Yep. And it's so funny when I teach people to do this, they then focus on my glasses or on yeah. my nose. Yes. Or... <laughs> okay. Yeah, but well, it's good. Yeah. But you could it's also good. do something very simple, like putting your index finger to your thumb and applying just enough pressure that you can actually feel the ridges. Mm -hmm. Like you're actually feeling your fingerprints almost. That is another great mental fitness technique that you're really shifting your focus okay. into intentionally sensing, you know, what that feels like. There's box breathing. That's another go-to for me. Mm -hmm. Meditation is an obvious one, but a lot of people um, like to do that at a, you know, um, committed time and place. And sometimes you need access to a mental fitness technique when it isn't planned for. Right. So I want to offer those mm -hmm. ideas. Um, listening, use your sense of hearing and listen for the furthest away sound. Really, really focus on that. And and all of these techniques should be done for about two minutes, okay. okay? To really get the best effects from it. And then you would start to listen for the closest sound, which should be your breathing, okay? So those are some really good mental fitness techniques that will help you get into operating mm -hmm. from your prodigy brain so that you can leverage strengths like empathy, discovery, innovation, navigation. Mm -hmm. And I think these were great advices. Um, thank you for that. And um, yeah, I, th I think for me also the, the most important point, especially in our uh, distracted times today, right, is, uh, is becoming aware, becoming aware of yourself, about yeah. what you want, and, and yeah, just sometimes to turn off everything and being just, yeah, becoming aware of the sounds around you, as you're saying, or like yeah. even the nature and, and like the beautiful things in life, right? We, we often right. forget that. And right, becoming present, yes, right. That's very important. Okay, thank you, Tracy. That was very interesting. Uh, do you have any last recommendations that you would like to give our listeners on their way? Yeah, 
Yeah. So if you are somebody who really feels like you want to explore learning how to trust yourself, learning how to rely on yourself, if you're somebody who feels like you're out of control and you're wanting to bring more control into your life, um, you don't need anything outside of yourself. And so we like to show people because I believe that you learn more through application, through an applied experience. Mm -hmm. So we offer an experience every single Friday. Um, you can go to our website and sign up for a free coaching Friday where you would be in a community of a whole lot of other people that come for that free coaching experience and really understand what it looks like to apply like these self-coaching techniques, really learning to trust yourself in a real life you know, environment, you'll see other people bringing their mm -hmm. problems, bringing their goals and watching how a coach walks them through coaching themselves using the self framework. Okay. So go to our website to, to sign up for free okay. coaching. Thank you so much, Tracy. You will find uh, Tracy's website down in the show notes below. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you also to like and subscribe to our channel. Every week we have amazing guests like, like Tracy and talking a lot of interesting things, um, everything about personal development. So thank you, Tracy. Thanks everybody for listening and have a great rest of the day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Tracy.